Greetings and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make Disciple Makers, where we seek to teach and obey all Jesus commanded. My name is Alec Brunson, and I'm joined with two of my friends and co-workers here. I'm Ryan David Parker, the 14th. Proud of that. <laughs> Laura Brooke McManus. How far back would 14 generations go? That's I don't like, know. Like, like that is that like was that actually Noah's real name? Was <laughs> Ryan David Parker? Yeah, I don't know. Could have been. Yeah, probably. Probably in, in the original Hebrew, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just sure. you. We don't have the the we'll bil- check ability. That later. To yeah, yeah. yeah. All- this morning at a middle school, Ryan introduced me as Brooke Girls Minister, um, and they t- he told the kids that my last name was Girls Minister, and I don't think you heard this, but I had a few come up after and say. Is your real last name Girls Minister? <laughs> I said no. That's how she knew it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how things were like back in the day. You know, people would just take <laughs> on their profession as their last name. Right. So I don't see. Yeah. I don't. They're I think just, my family parked just, horses. Yeah, I, exactly. Or ran parks. I don't know. Parks and rec. Just thinking logically here. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Really, really, what we uh, what we want to do is to talk today about um, how we change. Okay, what we're what we're sort of addressing here is I feel like I'm stuck Mm -hmm. either one. I feel like I'm stuck in sin and I can't get out of it. I'm in this cycle um, and I don't know what to do or I feel stuck as in stagnant in my faith and don't really feel like I'm headed anywhere. Don't really know what I'm doing. So how how do I change? Like, what can I do? What do I need to believe, think, say, do in order to experience change in my life? Right. Um, so that's what that's what we want to what we want to do today. Yeah, and we have this conversation uh, pretty regularly with students or just people in general that, and I have more recently of just they feel as if they are um, disqualified from being a follower of Christ or Mm. like they're not really saved because they are falling into sin or because they struggle with this sin. Um, They feel like, oh, it's kind of like a freak out moment of like, maybe I'm not really saved because I'm still struggling with this and Christians don't struggle with this. Mm. And that is not the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to think about what biblical change looks like and what it looks like to become more like Christ in our walk with the Lord um, I, from a, obviously a scriptural standpoint here, but also practically how do we apply this scripture um, and what does it look like for us to get help like in changing. Yeah. And so what would y'all say, and maybe on the other side, how do a lot of people, maybe just the world, how do they change or how do they try to change? Mm -hmm. They're not a follower of Christ. What is the world telling us to do to be better? An important thing that you said is is how how, what does biblical change look like? So we wanna we wanna contrast those things. One thing that I think our culture has said for a while is like you need to pick yourselves up by your own bootstraps. Mm -hmm. Like if you've got a problem, you need to figure it out and just kind of this idea of white knuckle and just try harder, uh, you know, and, and like just make it happen. 
Get yourself um, together. Yeah. 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 I don't I, like. I think that that's still around, and, and people still believe that. What might be a little bit more unique today in our culture is almost going the opposite direction to say something like, "Well, you've got it within yourself in order to you you've got what it takes in order to change, and you just need to you just need to do some deep kind of soul searching and figure out what's going on." Mm-hmm. This would be this more kind of psychological like pop psychology kind of deal where Mm. it's all about, it's all about your individual self and looking within yourself to find true meaning, uh, which might sound kind of nice, but is not biblical either. So both of those things we want to try and kind of combat and, you know, push back on as far as saying that that's not how we change biblically. Yeah. So Let's there's another idea, too, I think, of just, well, Ryan, that's just who you are. Oh, yeah. right. You need to embrace that. that that's what I was know? thinking is in our culture, um, even saying, you know, bringing up the idea of change implies that, oh, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And now today with, with tolerance, I'm air quoting here, um, you know, you shouldn't say that anyone should change in any way because of the way they are. And that comes from maybe years of misunderstanding and oppression. And, and, and I, I understand what they're saying to a sense, but, um, I think there's some out there that are just like, I don't need to change. I'm, you know, I was born this way or Mm. that's just how I am, or that's just my thing. You know, everybody's got their thing, you know? So, um, and, and if, we belong to Christ. We don't have the luxury of falling back on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reality is a, a Christian and a biblical worldview is going to say we're all sinners and we all need to be saved. We all need to be redeemed. We all need to be forgiven of our sin and and follow Jesus. And then we move on from there, which is a, a process of changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of term for that would be sanctification meaning once we repent of our sin, trust in Christ, the process for the rest of our lives, um, that's in Romans 8, 29, where we're going to be conformed to the image of his son, of Jesus. So mm-hmm. we know that over the rest of our lives, after we become a Christian, is going to be a process of becoming more and more like Jesus, a process right. called sanctification. And that's sort of what we want to talk about, but specifically talk about, okay, what do I do? How do I change? So what what are some of the things that um, some different biblical passages or scriptures uh, that we can talk about that address this issue in particular? Change. Well, I, I flipped away from this now because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. But somewhere, 2 Thessalonians, it, it says, like, basically, for this is the will of God, your sanctification mm-hmm. or your holiness. So we know that that is commanded in Scripture. That is what the Lord has for us. Um, but in several places in Scripture, you see the put off, put on dynamic. And mm-hmm. so it's saying, you know, don't just stop doing this, 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 and this, but pursue these things of, of the Lord instead. And so I think that I didn't really recognize that for a long time, that there is... It's a it's a both and 
Um, people always, you know, say this, like, oh, if you want to break a bad habit, form a new one or whatever. But that's, like, in Scripture. Like, put off these things and inst- instead pursue the things of the Lord. It talks about that in Colossians, Ephesians, probably other places that I'm not thinking of. But mm-hmm. um, you see that frequently. Yeah, if you, um, with my very limited gardening skills, if you pull up a weed, it's recommended that you put something there in its place or else mm. who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or same thing, if you if you just mow over weeds, it's like, oh, they're gone. Um, but no, they're going to come back. Um, and they could look, it can come back in different ways, but it's still there. The root is still there. So when we uproot something, we want to replace it with something fruitful, something godly, something that's going to help us conform to that image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's this these kind of general ideas um, that w- we believe that you're saved by grace through faith alone, right? When yes. you when you place your faith in Jesus and of necessity turn away from sin, repent of your sin, repent and believe. That's what the Scripture calls us to do. Um, that is 100% an act of God. Right, he is the one that does the saving. We don't save ourselves so in any no capacity. Right, exactly. So God, God gets all of the glory for that. And this, you know, theological term would be called monergism. Mono, one work. So it's one. We're one, all the SAT words. One today. person. <laughs> one person is doing the work, and that is God Himself is doing the work in saving. What we would say about becoming more like Christ, the process of sanctification is this idea of synergistic, so meaning more than one thing working together. And you see this in different passages of Scripture, Philippians 2.13, I believe, that says it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And uh, amongst other things, you know, Paul calls the... Um, he, he's talking about some of the stuff that he's done, and he says that when he was preaching to the Gentiles, he said that they should repent and turn to God. Hmm performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. Hmm. So it's like, yes, all right, I've, I've heard the gospel, I've trusted in what Jesus has done to save me, turned away from my sin, and, and now I'm saved. But now I have to perform deeds, I have to work out my salvation with fear and trembling, another, hmm. another piece from Philippians, that like I'm, I'm demonstrating that this is a work. I'm working together with God to become more like Jesus. Right. You can't just sit back and you know wait on God to change you. That's not how it works. He's given us specific things to do right. uh, in order to become more like like Christ. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we'll see you next and week. And, and, <laughs> no. That's that moment on radio when you all look at each other, but you can't you can't see what what we're doing. So there's idea bear fruit of, of keeping with repentance. So what else? Um, any other scriptures that you guys want to to mention that kind of address this topic of this issue? Well, what is repentance? Are you asking? Yeah. Oh yeah. You uh, should know this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Tell me. Brooke, girls minister. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Fine. Fine. Let me look at the scriptures. <clears throat> All right, so 2 Corinthians 7, um, Paul's writing here, and he says, As it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, 
whereas worldly grief produces death. And so he talks about this idea of repentance and grief over our sin. Um, But there's a difference here in worldly grief. It says worldly grief leads to death. And I think this idea is that we feel bad or we're upset that we were caught in our sin Mm. and that we're now having to pay the consequences for it. And so it's more of just like, oh, man, like, that's really unfortunate that I was caught in this or, you know, you're paying whatever consequences for the sin that you were in. But that's just kind of it. Like, you're, just, it's kind of like pity for yourself. Um, when godly grief, it says, leads us to repentance in that mm. we are turning from our sin in, towards God and pursuing holiness Um, And so I think that is super important when it comes to how we change biblically. We need to always be examining our hearts um, and any sin that has taken root there. Um, If if it is sin, then it's going to produce sinful behavior, Mm -hmm. sinful words, sinful actions. And so instead of just trying to uh, do some like behavior modification, And we're like, okay, I just need to stop doing this or stop doing this. It's more important that we're looking at our hearts and the sinful motives or idols that have taken root there and instead replacing them uh, with godly uh, desires and motives that are going to lead to godly fruit. And so repentance is huge here in thinking about change because we Like, God is always after our hearts. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just want us to look good on the outside and check the boxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's key in in our sanctification and moving towards Christ likeness. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Repentance is important. And again, it's that same concept of bearing fruit with keeping with repentance. Right. We're to live continual lives of repentance. Right. And, right. It's um, not a one-time thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, good. The uh, last scripture that I wanted to point out, and it's actually what we're going to be preaching on this Sunday at Champion Forest, which is uh, helpful, is uh, it's Philippians 3. And um, Paul makes this statement starting in verse 12. And he says, Not that I've already obtained this, and this is uh, resurrection from the dead, or am already perfect... So he's saying, I'm not perfect yet, but right. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I do not consider what I have, that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. But what he's saying is this principle of um, Christ has made me his own. He has done the work 100% 
Uh, he has saved me. He's made me his own. And then because of that now, I strive to live out that reality. I work, I, I do think, I work hard in order to ensure uh, that this is a demonstrated reality, that I'm showing the world and I'm pursuing that perfection because of what Jesus has done to save me. So I'm going to continually work to look more like Jesus because of what he's done to save me. This is this idea. And a lot of times we can prop up people like Paul you know, be like, oh, if only I could, you know, do the things that he did or like, look at him, we prop him up. Right. But he's saying, actually, no, um, a sign of maturity is understanding just how sinful you are mm. right. and understanding how much further you have to go. So to speak to maybe somebody who, you know, is stuck in a different way, thinking that they've got it all together and like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, checking all these boxes. And uh, But in reality, if you don't feel like, um, you, you know, if, if you feel like you've sort of made it, that's actually what Paul's saying. This is a sign of immaturity. So, right. um, so anyway, all, all of that to say we're to strive um, toward perfection. We're to work for perfection because of what God has done to save us in Christ. Right. Um, so I, I think that's a, a really helpful... Um, picture there that we get from, from the apostle Paul. Yeah. So to maybe start tying a knot on this as far as, okay, so what are some of the things that I can actually do? Right. Um, so give me some homework. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of stagnant. I'm, I'm caught in this cycle of sin Mm. uh, or, uh, I just, I'm not really, I'm just not really feeling like I'm doing a good job recently. Mm-hmm. So what what do what can I do in order to to change in order to be more like Christ? Uh yeah, first thing I want to say is is if you're listening to this and you feel like you're caught in this cycle of sin um and you're not alone. I mean, I I, I can at least speak for myself. Yeah. I've I've been there as well. Um and I think what the enemy likes to do is one of his greatest weapons is shame and silence. And so because we're caught in this cycle of sin, we have all of this shame, right, which then we can maybe beat ourselves up over, which is a worldly grief, right, Mm -hmm. different from conviction that leads to repent, right? Right. Um, And then because we're shameful, we're silent. It's like, oh, well, I got baptized at camp last year, and I'm struggling with this now, you know, and then we start the comparison game. And then we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to be that person or we're afraid, whatever reason. Um, And so I just want to let you know, like, you're not the only one at all. And I think if we were all being real, um, we know that we all struggle with our own things. Um, And and one thing that that I want to add before we get into the actual application or the, you know, here's some things we can do is this is this is something really cool that that I've been learning about maybe just the past few years. And uh, I'll just go ahead and read it from uh, this book. It's called Finally Free. Um, it's, a, it's a biblical um, perspective or whatever, like on, on pornography, and it was really good. It says this, Many people spend a lot of time pursuing forgiveness. They beg and they plead for forgiveness after indulging in pornography or fill in the blank, whatever the cycle of sin is. But they don't know what to do next. 
The Bible teaches that in addition to confessing sin and seeking God's forgiveness, you also need to pursue God's powerful, transforming grace. How? By believing the good news of the gospel, by preaching the gospel to yourself. Because God's grace, yes, it pardons you and it forgives your sin, yes and amen. But it, God's grace also empowers you to live differently and be obedient to him. So it's not like he saves you and then it's, and then it's up to you completely from, from there. Um, just, like, just like Alec was saying earlier, 100% saved by him. And then from there on out, he gives you what you need. And we take those steps in obedience. Mm-hmm. And so I, that was such a cool thing. That was such a revelation for me because when I think of grace, sometimes I just think of his forgiveness, which is amazing. But sometimes I forget that it's this empowering force that I have the same Holy Spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead living within me, mm-hmm. you know, from Roman. Like, that's, that's incredible. Um, and so I just hope that that encourages you uh, and you're just reminded that he who is within you is greater than he who is in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. That's good. And also in thinking about, yeah, just the means of grace that God has given us. And I think sometimes we don't uh, take advantage of that or we take them for granted that he's put, you know, a community of believers around us or Mm -hmm. that we go to a church that faithfully preaches the word or that we have a, a Bible that we can freely like read, you know, and that he uses all of these things to transform us and to make us more like him. And so I think sometimes we just, uh, we read our Bible because we want to be a good Christian or check a box or whatever it is. Um, when And we don't recognize that this is a supernatural thing, mm. um, that the Holy Spirit is at work when we are reading our Bibles and um, that it's a means of transformation for us as followers of Jesus and that it's not overnight, um, but it's more like a big like storehouse or something that over time, you know, by the grace of God, he, he brings these truths back to our minds. And so um, I just think having that perspective and um, realizing that he is going to use, you know, his word to transform us, um, but also just yeah, taking advantage of the people that you have in your life, of your pastors, uh, of us as a student staff, of your parents or whoever, you know, God has put in your life. Um, yeah, confession of sin is is huge in bringing sin into the light, out of the darkness. Um, yeah, James, uh, oh, here it is, 5.16 Five, says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I just think that's so important um, and something that I really hadn't probably grasped the importance of confessing my sin to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, Yeah, I did not understand that in high school, and I wish that I had Mm. um, because the power of that has proved great in my life and the Lord has used that to bless me in big ways in having other people praying for me and involved in knowing what I'm struggling with and that kind of thing um, that you you experience healing in that when you can look 
you know, when I can look like Britta in the eyes and tell her what my temptations are or my struggles are and have her not cringe or flinch back, Mm -hmm. but instead say, like, thank you for sharing that. Like, let me join you in praying for this and how can I hold you accountable? And, you know, that kind of thing. Like, there's nothing like that. And I think when you taste and experience that, you don't want to go back to what you were doing before, you know? Um, What do you think, Alec? (laughs) There's not much else to say. I I don't think outside of that's, like, you're saved 100% by grace. God, God has done this but he's also provided you a way to Mm -hmm. consistently experience him in a transforming way through his word and through his people, namely the church. And if we give ourselves to those things, then we will experience true life change Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll look more and more like Jesus, which is what we know is ultimately God's will for our life. So, Absolutely. Good Love stuff. It. Love it. This has been great. And uh, I, I'm i excited to to see, um, you know, the, the fruit that, that comes as we continue to, to walk together and, and push people to be more like Jesus and, yeah. uh, and bust out of patterns of sin and uh, yeah. leave our old selves behind and, and pursue mm. Christ, which is ultimately what we what we want to do. Yeah, if we are, like, fighting temptation and sin together, like, praise God, because that means mm-hmm. that we're not okay with where we are and we're not content in falling back to old ways. Like, we are at war with sin. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's a war, and so we can't go in with the Nerf guns, yeah. right. you know? Oh, yeah. Get those out of here. good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. There's some pretty powerful Nerf guns now, mm-hmm. but... Not powerful enough. No, mm-hmm. that's probably yeah. wouldn't work. Not yeah. for that battle. No. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. This week, we'll end it on the Nerf guns. We love you. We will see you next time. Adios. I was going to say adios.